Welcome to Watching Dead, the officially unofficial podcast for The Walking Dead on AMC, AMC Plus in this case. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And today we're talking about Season 11, Episode 9, titled No Other Way. Aaron, I don't know about you, but I, I, I have ascended to a new plane on my journey to become one with The Walking Dead. I, oh, yeah? I, I, I no longer question what I'm being shown. I just let it wash over me now. Uh, oh, yeah. the, the Walking Dead is neither good nor bad. It just is. I believe I've reached. <laughs> it's a force like gravity. Nerf, just... Nerfwacha? Is that a place? Nerfwacha. Yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Val, Valhwacha. It's just east Valhwacha. of uh, the mythical Beach Boys Island Kokomo. <laughs> right. You sail east there uh, and you'll get to the, the forgotten shores. Sure. Eventually. Yeah. <laughs> uh, how, how are you feeling about the Walking Dead episode? Season 11, episode 9. So, like, I feel like this episode felt a little cheap, and maybe that there's still some COVID restrictions, and maybe they're saving up some money for later in the, the you know, just, like, something about it felt a little... But, like, you know, I really like the emotional beats they were hitting here, and I feel like closing out the Reapers with an asterisk mark, um, they were just about to overstay their welcome, and we were kind of expressing, like, God, we're kind of, like... You know, it feels like the more interesting thing is this conf- this conf- not Confederacy Commonwealth thing going on, and we need to get yeah. that kind of going on. Um, and I was liking most of what they're doing. There's two big caveats. When you end on a cliffhanger, it really it really steals the energy from you're you're borrowing energy from the next season back into the previous season. Yeah. Because the coolest thing that in that in the episode happened literally three seconds into it, mm-hmm. you can't you can't stop a zombie getting exploded by a Chinese firework. Sure, that you just can't. I'm sorry. Uh, the episode only has one way to go. Uh, every once in a while, like an ep- a series will overcome that. Like the best op- the one I can think of is Star Trek: The Next Generation's Best of Both Worlds. Riker's about to lay the hammer down on the Borg ship. It's got his beloved captain prisoner. And you're like, oh, my God, what the fuck's going to happen? And the Borg does eat it the next. It's so, so like, their detention stays because they're still here. It's like, so that was a problem. The other one is, what the fuck with this time jump? <laughs> Dude, it's I, I love the transition that happens there. But yeah, it's amazing. It's like, the cinema, the, the way that they was did a that hell of a transition. Matt, and it helps when you're up against a gray sky and all that kind of stuff. But still, sure. it was such a great transition into but, just insanity, right? Like full blown insanity. Like Daryl is wearing the Commonwealth uniform, dude, like soldier uniform. I'd store. So I so there's know. and there's there's two things. One, if they literally, if this is going to be like a uh, uh, little Judith running through the forest, uh, finding a like like that kind of flashback where this is where we live now. I don't know how I feel about yada yada yadding through all I, I the don't development. Think it is that, that's the thing. Like, I, so what AMC does with these shows is they immediately show you a next time on. Like it's before credits. It's it's like before everything. Oh, I see. There's like next time on, the next time and on. then ah. I, I see like Daryl getting introduced to the Commonwealth stuff like that. So okay, they're not okay. just gonna yada yada past that, but it Shoot. does seem wild in the moment. This feels like a bit of narrative um, lack of self confidence. That like we need to punch people in the face yeah. this series to see to so you can see like how fucking crazy things are going to get. Where it's like I was actually pulling up. A, I'm like, you know what? This look that Gabriel and Daryl are giving themselves about Maggie and them probably thinking that Maggie killed Negan, that's going to be an interesting thing to see play off in this season. Mm-hmm. And then they just skip forward to like Daryl kicking into gates of Hilltop being like, nah, Maggie, your, your, your evil reign as queen is over. Not like It's like, oh, I was kind of disappointed. Yeah, no, I think we'll get to see more of that. It's just, yeah, th- that is, I think you described it well. You described all of The Walking Dead well, which is just like, a lack of confidence in what they're actually doing. Um, Did they make Miss Kang do that? Did they put a gun in their head and say, "Look, you're either going to sign off on this this script so that w- so that we can we can pre-sale another five hundred thousand yeah. commercials? Uh, either gonna, you're going to put your signature on this script or your brains. 
I, I, <laughs> that's the thing. If they don't have the hook, right, to make sure that the small, the dwindling number of people that they've got on the hook are going to stay on the hook next week, if they don't have that, they feel like they failed. And I, I don't know. I mean, for me, good storytelling is its own hook, but they don't I, take that, right? That's what I'm saying. I feel like I'm, I'm Daryl as the viewer. Like, I don't feel like my choices even matter, man. I could quit the show. I can keep watching the show. No one gives a shit. Like, it's like... Damn, I was really looking forward to seeing the descent of Maggie Green. Yeah. Uh, that, like, I think, and, and, and you know, I think, again, that's what, that's another thing that, like, works in the show's favor is, like, we really had objections to how they told the beginning of that story last season. But all those individual episodes were like, ah, I'm not sure if Maggie would do it that way. Or, ooh, ah, I'm not sure if need all that stuff has fallen away and you just realize that these guys have the bad blood that goes all the way back to her husband, Glenn, being beat to death. Mm-hmm. And it kind of works. Yeah. And I, like I said, I'm just I'm just super, super sorry that they spoiled their own story. I yeah, a did. lot of good insert shots with Negan just kind of observing Maggie in this episode that I really appreciated. I mean, when you put two good actors on the screen, kind of no matter it, what you give them, it's going to have some feeling to it. And it and it's, it it's such a it was such a great scene. Norman Reedus and Seth uh, Gillian is that his name? Them uh, too, yeah. Uh, sitting by the side, just kind of like just like it's it's all nonverbal, like mm-hmm. the storytelling of like oh we know we all know that, and it, it it really brought me in. Like it made me as a, a watcher feel like I was part of the survivors group because like I'm giving Daryl and 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 Gabe the eyes too. Like yeah, you know, like I know she didn't, but. <laughs> You guys certainly think, yeah, it's, I felt like I had a, I don't know, it was part of a shared secret. And then don't, don't say nonverbal storytelling out loud because then the next week we're going to get an episode that's just completely silent. Nobody's talking. They're going to go overboard with this shit. They, that's how The Walking Dead does, right? They're very reactionary. Yeah. Yeah. To get uh, in Angela there. King watched Castaway last weekend and she's like, you know what? It's going to be Daryl and Dog and, mm-hmm. you know, that's it. That's it. Yeah. We got, I think we got one of those episodes, didn't we? We did. We did. Yeah. Daryl. Uh, that's how we got uh, in this Roman whole mess hunt. with Leah. Yeah. Daryl roaming the Hundred Acre Woods and finding, finding mm-hmm. love. Uh, yeah. But no Rick corpse. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, I don't know. Like I said, I'm I'm in for, I guess, whatever The Walking Dead is putting down for these final 16 episodes. And I am super interested to see do? how this stuff of the Commonwealth works out, right? Sure. Yeah. Like... It's an interesting now, like, I think I, I I hope they don't just, like, play it to where it's obvious the the Commonwealth is super evil, because I think that's, like, the... Well, they can't, right? Because they... So, the one thing that this uh, flash forward six months does is it tells us that Daryl is on board with whatever is happening there. And Daryl being, like, I think the only cast member to be in every single season was Carol in season one. Yes, she was. Yep. Carol Peltier was in season one. She was okay. Then I guess they're both they're both in all the seasons. They're both the OGs for sure. But like those are the the characters I trust, right? And so if Daryl is putting on the the stormtrooper armor and he's going up to the gates of Hilltop and knocking on the door, I feel like there's a good reason. Probably has got some kind of crazy weird cult thing going on. Um, Yeah, she's she's like. You know, up in the mountains, taking hostages and and demanding change or something. I don't know, but <laughs> yeah, she's like Carol without anyone to check her. Kind of, I it, right. it is an interesting place to take Maggie. Um, and I I'm very into that, and I'm into like again. There's this trade off between security and like peace and safety and freedom. Yeah, that is something that uh, I, I think that we're kind of struggling with. Like, you know, how much do we For want sure. the government power to have? And even if you want them to have power over like healthcare and things, do you want them to have health power over what speech you get to engage in, and you know, what schools you get to go to, and what media you get to see? Like, do you, it, it's, yeah. it's it's the stuff that we're debating right now, and I think that they could have a lot of interesting, nuanced uh, things to say. Now, will they? I don't <laughs> That's know. That's the thing. I. I I said, look, I've I've climbed the mountain, I've fought my battles, and I've made it to Valhwacha, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. I'm still worried that The Walking Dead is not the right show to handle these topics. Yeah, and if not, like uh, we'll <laughs> we'll definitely. Hey, we're we're committed to seeing this thing through the end at this point. Like, yeah, I can get through a 16 of anything. <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure, we're definitely in. So, uh, speaking of getting in, why don't we get into the recap? Yeah. But first, let's take a quick break. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, let's do this recap. Huacha, baby. We pick right back up where we left off with the Huacha firing and zombies inside the gates of uh, Meridian? Median? What was this city called? I don't. Medina? No, that's the station in the expanse. <laughs> no. uh, yeah, like honestly, I. Or it's Maggie's town. Maggie Town is what I have referred yeah. to in my notes. Maggie Town. Uh, Maggie fights her way into a building, but she is followed in. Uh, Negan and some other some other dude. I think he's Elijah. I, I think. I think he yeah, was it's a lot. Casey Jones. Casey Jones in, in our in our hearts and minds, but he's actually Elijah. I, I feel like I was super confused by how they treated him last season. And oh yeah, it's only now Plus, that I'm coming to terms with it. There's this huge theory that he was the guy who was flambayed on the cross, yes. you know, as the traitor. Yes. And I, I'm still con- at the <laughs> end of this episode completely confused about his affiliation, how he came uh-huh. to know Maggie and got into Mag- Maggie Town. I know that confused. he had a Josephine at some point, and I'm supposed to be feeling stuff for him because josephine but that's his sister i believe they established um but man i don't and i'm also like i don't know why we don't just stay at maggie town like that's where all the food is they still got functional walls they had classrooms and stuff like i maybe maggie town's a shithole compared to alexandria at its prime Mm -hmm. alexandria i don't know there might be there might be options besides maggie rebuilding a hilltop i don't know and and joining the commonwealth i just thought that was Maggie Town looked yeah. pretty livable. You need to mow. You need to mow its lawn. Sure. Yeah, you and might need it, to repair some Huacha damage, but... Right. It's it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. Speaking of the Huacha, mm-hmm. I Dude. love that shot Aaliyah just stone-faced looking at the destruction yeah. that she is wreaking upon everything. Like, that Huacha firing in the background and her just, like, staring down, like, Nero watching Rome burn was a fucking awesome <laughs> shot. And... There's some... Uh-huh. Yeah, go. And and, and the Huacha itself, like, it is kind of pretty badass. I liked it. Oh, yeah. The Huacha was as promised. Uh, it, it was pretty sweet. I have questions. I have a lot of questions about the effectiveness of a Huacha. Uh, a, yeah. the, the dude that Maggie's fighting seems to think it's so effective he can just kind of hold her out there and the watcher will get her. I more, thought more yeah. effective than like actively choking her or stabbing her or something. Yeah, yeah. Because that's the thing. It's like, dude, if the Hawacha hit her, now you just got to Hawacha it up Maggie Green and she's going to explode and probably kill you. Like True. it almost happened to True. her. Yeah. Uh, I, I will also say. Huacha surprisingly sticky. Uh, the the bullets from the Huacha or the, the the shrapnel, the the projectiles. Let's say, yeah. Uh, yeah. They I, I get them sticking into walkers because walkers are squishy, very very squishy at this point. We'll talk about that later. Sticking into a dude who's armored up. Weren't those Huachas spear tip though? Were they? I they thought they were all like had like fireworks. arrowheads. Yeah, they did. They had the explosive ordnance, but I did think they had some kind of like steel arrowhead. Maybe attachment. so. That that makes a little more sense. Sure. Um, I think that some of the other stuff about Maggie Town, like I appreciated them establishing the in case of fire bucket and bell early. Uh huh. Yeah. Okay, check check off uh, bell. Um, so that later, and they did also a quick insert when Negan was considering it. So like, because I feel like in other seasons they might have just have him come out with a bell and throw pocket dust in someone's eyes and be like, and I'm like, what the fuck? Where did this come from? But mm-hmm. they did a really good job of establishing some of the uh, environments that they're going to be using later on in the episode. Dug yeah. the secret passages, the panic room. Like, sure, Maggie is the master of Maggie Town, and she's like able it. to move unseen within it kind of like the the weird hillbillies from the mansion last year mm-hmm. it's good stuff uh i do wonder though you know when she meets up with negan and elijah they're like she says i i got a tail and they're like we lost ours how how you're limping around with some dude who can barely walk you're moving half a mile an hour how did you lose your their, tail? Their tail got watched oh maybe their tail got watched 
the tail guy like i mean it's that's not does that. not have a friend or foe distinguisher no. it just seems to really light everything up i um, think you know maggie's making excuses here about like mm. oh i gotta stay till dawn and oh i'm not leaving daryl and gabriel behind but i do think she's here for revenge i think negan is right oh a hundred percent and i think that's what the one of the interesting things is like throughout the episode i kept on like well because like negan just wants to get the fuck out and yeah, survive he wants to live yep but I'm kind of with Maggie about like, well, you just can't leave Daryl and Gabriel, mm-hmm. but also that's kind of like, even if Gabriel and Daryl, uh, Gabriel and Daryl were there, she would use her relationship with them to kind of bend them to her will for vengeance. Like that's, I keep coming back to like Maggie cares more about making these people pay than she does. And I wish I felt the same because these people like they're crazy religious zealots, but like, and they, they, they kill a whole bunch of red shirts Right, this is the trouble with all of that happening off screen as Maggie's, like, off doing another show, right? Yeah, we could have used some bonus episodes establishing Maggie Town and making us care. Because I think they could have done it with little Herschel and, you know, a couple, you know, two episodes of showing Maggie Town thriving and the school's running and then these assholes running in and taking it over and then hunting them, you know, killing, you know, families, Mm -hmm. picking them off one at a time as they're doing this slow. I think that would have, yeah, but as it is, it's kind of like, eh. Yeah, I'm with you. All right, um, we go back to Alexandria where Tara and Lydia are fighting walkers. They find out that Gracie and Judith aren't with the group. Oh, that's uh, Rosita. Tara, t- fist bump died. Oh, shit. <laughs> you know what's hilarious is I had I had <laughs> saying Tara and Enid before, and I realized that Enid was <laughs> Oh, my God. Look, man, this is the first episode back in months. Give me a break. Uh, <laughs> you, not Tara. She's not dead. in zombie fighting form. She's not fist bumping anybody anymore. No, it's... Uh, what's her name? Rosita. Rosita. Who, yeah, she right. She was practicing her punches last season. I remember this. Uh, so they find out Gracie and Judith aren't with the group. And we go over to where they are. And there are the kids are down in the basement. Water flooding in. Zombies trying to get in. They're barring this the This is where doors. we left them last, last season. Exactly. Cliffhanger. Like a six-part cliffhanger this episode. Yep. Uh, and... Then we we kind of get you know treated to them trying to barricade the doors, and then we go over to Jerry and Aaron who can't put out the windmill fire, but they need to because it's either part of the wall or they're worried that it's going to fall onto the wall. I think if that's it falls. the that's the thing. Yeah, it'll I'm not knock down quite sure. several sections permanently. Yeah, and but then they hear Aaron hears the his daughter's whistle and runs uh-huh. off to toward it. Um, there's a huge problem here. This this is the worst scene by far in the entire episode. Oh, shit. And, and the the most confusing part, I think, of the last episode as well, this windmill. Like, they set up here, they, they set up a problem, right, that needs a solution. Like, if the windmill falls, there is a very good chance that it's going to take out the wall and we're going to lose Alexandria. Mm-hmm. And we can't put out the fire that's threatening to cause the windmill to fall because the wind keeps stoking it. Despite the rain, it won't go out. Mm-hmm. And I kept waiting and waiting and waiting in this episode for them to resolve that problem. And then they don't. It's just, but but they do, but it's off screen. They it never is. address they, it again. They, 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 they never they logistically come back to it. address like, it. Aaron and Jerry can't put out the fire, so they say... Carol, Connie, you go put out the fire. We'll go do other things. Right. And then they just right. succeed. How? Yeah. How? Because Carol and Connie are badasses and Aaron and Jerry are kind of doofuses, apparently. <laughs> well, most shows keep track like of Aaron, the limits they Aaron's set got up. A, Aaron's got a mace hand and all you can see is zombies. Just he doesn't like, we're going to carry a fire <laughs> sure. brigade bucket with that. Yeah. you If you can two hand buckets, you could have put it out, but. Yeah, I, I I do. It is, I, but no, you're you're it's exactly it's right. There is a missing five yeah. minute arc of the ladies heroically. Uh, yes. I, I had the same kind of problems. Like, how is this fire rate? Like, okay, I get the wind is stoking it, but there's so much water that waterfalls are entering your basement, like three, four foot deep. Like, that's a lot of fuck. I don't know <laughs> if a fire department could do better. Let's just say that that basement had water problems before the apocalypse. Yeah. Maybe it's one that said, I bet a fireman or fire person writes in and says, well, if you get up there with, like a, with axes and cut holes in the roof, but like the roof is shedding the water, which yeah. allows a fire to stay. So it, it, it might be plausible that you could learn, lose a wooden building in a torrential downpour, but it sure doesn't feel sure doesn't feel uh, yeah. like it's, it's a expect. weird 
weird opposing force kind of thing they set up yeah. here. Uh, but then, I like the, yeah, they don't. They set up their dilemma and they never resolve it, which is weird. I like the the girl stuck in a basement. That felt like you know the, the, some genuine. The, the, the Angela King had a nice moment in her behind episode where she's like, you know, they always are careful about putting the kids in danger because you know they don't want it to be a bad experience for the kids. And she's talking about how the water is like a hot tub water and all, but like it. It looked like it was a terrifying thing. And I'm always a sucker when they put the, the kids in danger. And that zombie degloving its own head, <laughs> trying to force door. its way through that door is like, there yeah. was some good ass zombie kills between the yeah. Hawacha, mm-hmm. the Hawacha dead, the deglove skull and the, uh, a, the, a, the, this double a Ron crush we're about to get to. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we'll we'll get there in a second. But first, oh, what do you think about Jerry's cough acting? I thought it was great. It, it feels more <laughs> genuine than most shows go for, and it, it yeah, it was like so genuine that it almost made me go like, "What did he just say? I can't even understand him." Dude, he, he had. I think he method acted. I think he inhaled lots of smoke <laughs> for that scene. Sure. <laughs> uh, all right, Daryl kills a guy quickly and quietly enough that he's not found by Leah's people because he's able to hide behind a chalkboard is that a secret Pretty passage good. or just a chalkboard pressed up against a doorway it seems like a secret Closet. passage they play it off as that you okay. know feels like the reapers uh maybe should have done some more exploring looking for some uh yeah that the uh, the unreal architecture you're always hearing about like hey uh that should be there's, there's, uh, there's a bigger gap in a hallway than you'd expect there's there's way too much dead space here what's uh mm-hmm. they're just not curious people those reapers <laughs> I mean, I moved into this house. I haven't checked for dead space. Anywhere. You haven't checked for secret passages. Oh I my haven't. God. There's not a zero amount. Um, but I thought the the, the knife fight is pretty well choreographed too. Oh yeah, yeah pretty exciting stuff. Yeah, and yeah I'm, some... I'm just impressed by Reedus. He's like what 50, 55? How old is Norman Reedus? At this I think point? he's like fifty seven. He's getting fucking old, and he, that dude can still move, man. Yeah, he's flipping over desks and stuff. He's 53 years old. Wow. Um, and he's he's doing all this Jackie Chan shit, and he's giving quality, you know, Feral Daryl. You know, that guy's trying to stick him in there. Nah! <laughs> you know, he's just like, he's, he's a Wolverine trying to gnaw his own leg off to get away. Um, yep. Yeah. And then, like, also, there's, there's some stuff I just love what they're doing in The Walking Dead, like, Daryl is stabbing this guy and choking him out and he sees a zombie start banging at the door and he's mm-hmm. like, I sleep. And then the zombie get its blur- brains blown out and then it's like, oh, it's a human real shit. Like the like that tension is like... And they're getting the zombies close not- too, right? Close enough to see the- and deal with the walker. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And it's like that's such a, such a great like illustration of the sh- core conceit of the show, which has been like the zombies are no longer the problem. It's really the people. Right, uh, right. But I-, I liked it. It was He's just like just casually, yeah, it's a zombie. Oh, shit, a person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I like how he takes his knife again uh, out, out of the mm. guy's gut so they won't know that it was him necessarily uh and he takes the gun because of course ho 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 he's got a pistol all right gracie blows her whistle while the walkers advance and judith tries to keep him safe but ends up dropping her sword in the rising water luckily aaron shows up just in time to save them but he gets trapped in the basement now with a bunch of walkers look at the straight leg kick on judith man she's like kicking for distance he's gonna get 35 yard field goals with these zombie heads man i i was totally wondering like how do you tell a kid to fake a kick like can kids accurately fake kicks she's or probably kicking like 18 inches to either side of the zombie's head and i noticed that through. on a couple of those but, but it like, but one. with the right depth of field you can make it look like it's absolutely connecting yeah. and they did they did a great job and i just again i i fucking love uh the actor that plays judith she's great and yeah. gracie's too good like she's a good little sidekick for her mm-hmm. um and then how about double aaron coming off the top Dude. ropes with his slow motion physically impossible <laughs> jump <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but it was so looked, good. It looks. Like, I don't. I don't know how to describe it. it looks like he slid through head first, <laughs> and then got got purchased with his gainer. legs <laughs> on the way down, and then jumped somehow. Oh, I, he double jumped. He double jumped. He double jumped. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You can do his 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 uh, spec. The, when you spec <laughs> him out with the uh, mace arm, he gets that ability. Yeah, and he just splatters that Walker's head. I loved it. Yeah, uh, I, I, that's what I had in my It's like Aaron breaks into the basement, distracts the zombies, question mark somehow, because, yeah, that 
<laughs> that was uh, some ninja magic he used. And then he gets stuck underwater with one, and he just squeezes and squeezes until its head pops and its eyeballs Pull the blade runner on him, yeah. It, the zombies are getting really, really mushy now. Before it was like, oh, I guess a knife could go through a skull that's been deteriorating for a few years. Sure, sure. Now it's like, I guess you could crush a human head with your bare hands. You got the, you've got the mace hand and the, as one of them, and uh, it, yeah. it, it, it it is waterlogged. It's been soaking out water that's for at least five thing. minutes. Got it nice and nice and noodly. Uh, get those wet bones. But oh my god, the fucking eyeball popping out of that mm. murk cloud of <laughs> Jesus is so it's disgusting. I, I love, love it. it. <laughs> All right, Gabriel runs around inside the compound, ends up in the chapel with the Reaper priest. They chat about the morality of God speaking to a man like him, and the priest says some shit that gets under his skin about not hearing God anymore and losing his faith and all that. Um, almost gets him to renew his faith in God, but then Gabriel hears his friends fighting outside and murders the guy. Uh, again, this is another kind of same thing with Maggie and Negan, where like I haven't been completely sold on everything they've done with Gabriel's loss of faith storyline. Yep. But the memory of it works and you know, the, the memory of him kind of like seeing the guy at the graveyard and like that, yeah. sh- you know, like, like Gabriel really wrestling with like, what the, is, you know, is this guy full of shit? Is this, especially when he used to be this guy, right? Like that's, he that's did. the thing. This is a mirror that this guy is holding up yes. uh, to Gabriel and he sees the guy he used to be, but I think it was, this is a long gone guy. This is a guy that disappeared the moment he let his flock die back mm-hmm. in that church. Mm-hmm. Um, it, he's been wrestling with that. That has been following him around this entire But he series. sees that, that that moral weakness, you know, of like, you know, maybe he's a, like, you know, what are you going to do? You're going to be the guy who says you got to stop killing when Pope is telling everybody to kill and you, they're burning people at the stake that fail him. And right. like, there's this like, I noticed that in my life that like the people I tend not to give get along with are like, the negative reflection of who I like, you know, like I used to have this personality or maybe I still struggle with it. And like, this is a guy who's like a raging asshole version of me. Hmm, and I'm like, yeah. Oh God, it drives me crazy. Cause you see yourself in it. I think that, yeah. that, that really got to Gabriel here in this scene too. And you know, this is an excellent actor. Oh uh, yeah. And even though he's not giving the best material all the time, I think this is pretty, his, this little uh, duet he did with the, the priest I, I thought was really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I actually uh, like the guy who's playing the Reaper Priest a lot, too. Yeah, I mean, you can cover God's will being unknown is a pretty fucking broad <laughs> cloak to cover some bad doing. Right. And if you look at historically, like I said, you know, people have been shedding blood in the name of the biblical God for thousands of years. And he's been cool with it or else not cared to stop it. So what are you going to do? Yeah, it's weird to me. Um what do you think is going on here with this guy? Is this a psychological thing where he thinks the God is talking to him, but what is really happening is just he's noticing things that he's attributing to God. Like how could he possibly know that and not know that Gabriel was there, but then have God tell him that Gabriel was there looking at him. I interpreted that. Of course I'm a you know secular person. I interpreted that right. as him actually being aware that Gabriel was yeah. there, but then attributing it to like God, you know, that he caught mm-hmm. a movement out of the corner of his eye and became aware that someone's there. And like subconsciously, that, maybe he knew that Gabriel was there. Yeah. But he thought God drew his attention to it. Like maybe a shaft of light hit Gabriel and you know, it's, it's, it's pretty easy yeah. if you believe in God and he has that active <laughs> oh, hand, it's yeah. pretty easy to see it everywhere if you want to. For sure. So, and especially if someone's been through these kind of like, cause you remember like what, Pope's a crazy guy, but they kind of came to it honestly, like, Mm -hmm. you know, being like miraculously surviving this crazy thing when they're all kind of amoral mercenaries. And, you know, like that, that sometimes has like really strong, dark effects on people. And yeah, I uh, but I I liked I kind of like this new struggling Gabriel, Mm -hmm. like really wrestling with his faith. And what does it mean to have faith and who can and what can you have faith in in these kind of worlds? I looks good on him. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Like he seems to be coming around to some idea where it's like, I, I'm going to doubt myself, but that's part of having faith, right? Like the doubt that's is good. That, 
Yeah, that like you can't faith without doubt. I mean, that's the thing. Like faith is the unsure, the assured expectation of things unseen. Like if you don't doubt right. it, then it's not something you have to have faith in. Like exactly have that faith in the sun's going to rise. Right. Yeah. That's more of just like an understanding. That's an <laughs> expectation based on like, but, but, but like true faith is, you know, and that's like you can have faith in people. You can certainly have faith in God. Mm-hmm. But like, yeah, uh, you don't have to have faith in physical processes it, it does seem like it's going to give him at least the the clarity of intent that he's looking for you know like mm-hmm. to, to or the confidence in himself that he's looking for right the he's not going to moralize constantly uh if he can become one with his doubts and because that's some yeah it was something we've worried about the fact that they might moralize this guy up and i'm not i'm not i'm, I'm not seeing it you know like to me this I is feel a struggle the, but it's not it's and I not definitely get flip flopping. It's it's more of like an everyday. I, I feel both of these things, or a person's worldview slowly evolving, yeah. which sometimes has you naturally tacking back and forth. Like I said, there's there's a right and way, wrong way to do moralizing. Uh-huh. Um, and <laughs> I, I can done both poorly and well. Yeah, and I can definitely see some people that are on the other side of the equation thinking like, "Oh my God, this is going to be the exact same." But I I think it is. It's it's different, especially since this guy is a man of God. He mm-hmm. has a lot of things that naturally you'd have to wrestle with living through a zombie apocalypse. Yeah. You know, <laughs> any kind of apocalypse would probably uh, uh, that you get left behind on. You'd probably have some thoughts on as a man of God. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, Maggie leads Carver into a trap where she, Negan and Elijah attack him. Carver almost fights him off, but Negan plays dirty and knocks him <laughs> out with a bell. Saving Maggie in the process. Maggie's about to kill Carver, but Daryl shows up and knocks him out a second time. This guy, Concussion City, man. Uh, Daryl wants to use him as a bargaining chip, and he calls Leah on the walkie. This is kind of uh, a poor man's Daredevil season one hallway fight. All right. I I thought it was actually a really smart fight scene. I, um, I wish that, that I wish they could have found corridors a little bit narrower because I think some of this mm. action would have even played better. But yeah, like this, I think that's something that that, that, that Kang hinted at in the 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 Kang Cave that these people are intended to be not the equal of the yeah. Alexander group, but they're superior fighters in every way. Yeah, yeah. like when they're one on one, except for maybe Daryl, like the, sure, the true sure. champions of the group. Um, but uh, I love and, how he and I got that. it off putting all of his enemies on one side, right? Like he's surrounded at the beginning, but he immediately space. grabs the one behind him and throws them, throws him at the others. Yeah. You know, thereby reducing the trajectories he can be attacked from. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really actually a good fight. <laughs> yeah. Especially since, you know, Elijah's already wounded and Negan, you, he's been talking about just getting away. So you kind of believe for a split second that he might just be piecing out. Uh huh. Um, and Maggie's already taken, she already like, you know, beat a dude twice her size earlier in the episode by the skin. So like, she's kind of beat the, it, it, it was a really good fight. And I also loved Negan winning, not with superior skill, but just by playing dirty pocket sand. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, the I, I don't know the go-to move of assholes everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know about ding ding. And that's not uh, a great line. It's like a if little bit kind of like motherfucker. Maybe. That's what I thought. It could they the ding ding motherfucker is what would have yeah. woken it up. But as it is, it's like I don't know why because it's a it's a boxing reference. You know, you just wander around, ding ding. You know, yeah. But it's like if if John McClane said Yippee Kaye, right? That's where it ended. It wouldn't be nearly the catchphrase that it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right, and they can get away with it. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, Aaron shouted shit fuck. twice, so. Mm, can't do two S's and an F. Right. Right. I would, I would, I would neuter Aaron's dialogue and, and, and give Negan the line. Yeah. Although <laughs> I thought it, Aaron's was appropriate. Uh, he's climbing they, around, but, but then walking in and probably do that and be like, okay, uh, shitty ding, ding shit. <laughs> God. No, you're supposed to trade it both for an F. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> They misread my note. Ding, ding, shit, shit. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, not great. Uh, Aaron's climbing around the plumbing in the basement. (laughs) And he's trying to escape. (laughs) I'm sorry, this whole scene is kind of ridiculous, but kind of great. 
Yeah. He's, he's climbing around in the plumbing <laughs> to escape the walkers. And he, Matt, I think he just gets completely covered in what I presume is human shit because the yeah. pipe breaks and just dumps it's out It's this over close him. to being like a dumb Tim skit from Tool Time, right? Like totally. if he's just like, yeah, on this episode of this old apocalyptic house, uh-huh. you know, <laughs> Aaron's uh, trying to, Aaron, I don't know what I'm trying to call Aaron. Aaron's trying to install PEC, replaces copper tubing with PECs, but we'll see what the zombies have to say. Yeah. Yeah. So he's covered in shit. Lydia shows up and pulls him out the window. Somehow. So what is the other end of this rope tied to, Dude. man? <laughs> It's some kind of wily coyote logical conundrum because I I don't get it. I don't know how Aaron would have that rope tied Uh uh, one handed while he's hanging upside down over the zombies from his mace. For, and, and and get and get over to the other side. I don't. Yeah. Yeah. I, you should. Maybe th- he had like his mechanical hand tucked away in his back pocket. He's got like go go just- gadget action. I don't know how he would like remove the mace and put that on, but yeah. go go gadget pulley. It just like retracts in like oh, Tony Stark go. nanotech. Yeah, I don't know. It was wild. It Log- was wild. logic is off the table in this show, man. The mm-hmm. Laws of physics don't exist. Uh, Leah meets with Daryl to negotiate for Carver's life. Uh, things go wrong, let's say, and the deal doesn't work out. But Gabriel ends up taking out their sniper and forces a stalemate, which results in the deal being that they they take the town and the reapers leave alive without Carver because she wants to carve him up Maggie does uh, but then as Leah walks away Maggie shoots all of the surviving reapers in the back except for Leah who gets shot but runs off I don't want to step on Gabriel's moment because He's had the badass look for the last season or two, but like this sniping thing, it's like there's uh you know whatever what was this guy's name? Call uh, me there's Gabriel. no there's no Jensen here. Call me Gabriel, and he's like it cut to his face and his like blood splattered and his good eyes kind of twitching as he's looking down the scope. I I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah, me too. No, I thought that was awesome. Uh, uh, he I did feels not think... like sort of an avenging angel of death here, right? Like. There's just shots coming from the sky. He can't be seen, but yeah. he's out there killing. Yeah. There's a lot of this futility, like the Daryl's feeling like, good Lord, why did we survive through all this just right. to kill so many people? Like at the end of the day, like we're going to walk away with something, a deal we could have had a week ago with both of us having 14 more bodies on our side. And imagine um, what we could accomplish if we work together. Like, right. Right. It's, it's such a waste. It is such a waste of increasingly important resources right the people right and this is after on daryl's side like all like you talk about all the deaths they've seen going back to the prison going back to the governor going back to terminus going back to you know the the savior war like it's it's such a wild thing to live through the zombie apocalypse and then you die because of this stupid shit and it's really like it's like it really seems to be fucking with Daryl's worldview, as we'll see at this uh, really, I think, effective campfire scene. Mm-hmm. I, I like it. I like it a lot. Um, and they need more badasses because we've lost a lot with Rick and Michonne in the last few uh, years. And I think moving Gabriel into to a kind of badass sniper role sounds really cool for the last season. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of shots of, of Negan kind of eyeing Maggie as she's killing the Reapers and uh, not liking what he sees. And I, again, it's like, I wish I understood why Elijah is so bereft. Like, is he mad at right. Carver in particular? He is. Because yeah. that's what it seemed like. But then, like, when Maggie's going to let the other two go, he was just as disappointed. And it's like, holy shit, you guys have to get everything your way. And I think that's the story they're telling, that Maggie is becoming as extreme. Like, Daryl's ready. Like, like, like Negan, like, is the guy who's right. Like, we just need to get out of here with what we've got, you know, intact. Yeah. And Maggie is gone off the deep end. Yeah. And Daryl wants second chances uh, for everyone, as as he says in the, the next scene. He looks around for Leah, but he's really only there to tell her he's sorry and that she should leave before he kills her. Uh, we both could so, have a second chance. I got to so, say... Lee would be way more effective if we had time to understand her and Daryl's relationship and knew more than a single episode before they deployed her as an arch villain. Mm-hmm. 
but she's got really interesting possibilities as an arch villain now. Oh, sure. Like, it seems like you've got a surfeit of villains, you know, with like Maggie Green doing the <laughs> the face heel turn with, uh, you know, uh, Better Call Saul, man from the Commonwealth and the Commonwealth itself. Like, you've got like, ha- I-, I wonder where this Leah thing, this, this, the Leah shoe is going to drop. Yeah. So- Somewhere in the next 15 episodes. Left. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. 15 episodes left. And yeah, it has me wondering are are they rounding the corner now into this is the final arc we want to tell? Or are they going to have a true villain again? Is is I, it like the rest of this is Commonwealth and figuring out how these communities either inter, intertwine and enmesh here or don't? I hope that, or I guess if, you know, this stupid flash forward kind of spoiling things, I'm I'm guessing that that's going to be the climax of this 11B season. Uh-huh. And then resolving that will be the work of the final season C. I bet it'll be the work of another show, a spinoff. Is Daryl and Carol just going to join the Commonwealth? Maybe, maybe, man. It's going to be like an episode. It, it's going right? to be like a season of cops, only just you know, patrolling uh-huh. the Commonwealth. What role do you think Carol has in the Commonwealth? Ice cream enforcer. <laughs> sure, we got we got we got a, we a, got, a, we yeah. got a rocky road in a designated uh, <laughs> Cherry Garcia. Uh, we're going to need someone yep. to come down here and look at this. I mean, what, ice cream cones are adding up. Brother is going to get killed, right? Uh, Yumiko's brother yeah, is going to yeah, get yeah. killed because he's lying about not being a baker and then Carol's no, going to step gonna into be, that role. He's going to be chained to an operating table. Daryl and Carol are both going to be like, this This ain't this, this ain't what I what I wanted. Nah. Mm-hmm. Nah. Mm-hmm. He's going to realize it's not everything's not positive there. And then she's going to start an undercover bakery that poisons people and he's just going to murder people <laughs> out in the open. <laughs> bring it but how does how does he turn you're not you're not showing how he actually turns on to the side of co- the commonwealth well we don't we yada yada past that he already does we know he does oh i I'm see talking beyond so you're saying a past of post kicking in maggie green's door in okay right right he gets he gets upset by that anyway let's take a quick break and we'll be right back all right daryl returns to where maggie and the others are posted up uh, gives Maggie the cold shoulder and Maggie then says goodbye to everyone and tells them take the food back to Alexandria I'm going somewhere else and Negan seems very concerned why doesn't anyone want to accompany her to go see check on Alden I don't know it felt weird that she was going like like it's it seems this is kind of another thing that bothered me um, but I'm trying to be charitable this seems to be the case only so that Maggie and Negan can have a private conversation where the implication is Maggie probably killed him. Yeah. Was Negan the person who was going with her? I feel like that's foolish if that's the case. Like right. They didn't send Negan with her, right? No, they stupid. didn't. Negan, because like they came back and was like, have you seen Negan? And because sh- he said that he was going to be back in a minute or something like that. And Gotcha. Yeah, I and also the implication that like Daryl and Gabriel sitting there warming their feet by the fire and Negan's like, where's Maggie? Uh, she uh, took off on some. Oh, well, I got a private mission. I got to take off to like, <laughs> right. It's like, it's you like, know, like you're trying oh, to I, arrange the, the attempt at getting in the mile high club, like one person going to the bathroom. <laughs> that makes sense, right? But when the second person says, yeah, I got to go to the bathroom. Too, yeah, the stewards know exactly what's up. Right. Um, right. I, I do wonder because that, that's the thing. It's like as much praise as given for the nonverbal kind of acting of like, oh, I, you know, Maggie might have killed this dude in cold blood, and he's become a valued member of our team in her absence. Uh, there's also like at some reading of, of Gabriel and Daryl kind of like rooting for Negan to kill Maggie because they you knew the Maggie went off. Yeah. They knew like, yeah, like nobody wants to like keep an eye on Negan, not even Daryl. Like, or, or I, at least we can resolve this. I don't know. Because, yeah, there's yeah. still some just unresolved shit going on between them, obviously. Yeah, I don't know why they set up that Negan told them that he was walking off. Because the other way to fix it is just like, hey, we got separate. you find Negan? Oh, yeah, he said he's never. He's, he said he's going to go out for a pack of smokes. Uh, yeah, that that would <laughs> resolve that, like, Daryl and Gabe were like, well, tell, you find, tell her hi if you find her, you know, kind of keep sipping their beer. 
so yeah, Maggie, as we mentioned, goes to where they left Boston Rob. He's been zombified. I think you mean Boston Rob Zombie. Oh my god. <laughs> That's amazing. I think I think I'm going to post on Sunday night like a spoil spoil out of context Walking Dead spoiler that's just a cat cover uh, an album cover of Boston and Rob Zombie's face in in House of a Thousand Corpses yeah yeah this is Boston Rob Zombie oh my god uh, Maggie puts him down and buries him and then Negan shows up he's decided that Maggie's eventually going to kill him so he makes the choice to leave the group and walks off. Yeah, she's burying uh, here Boston Rob Zombie. I I actually thought this was because, like, you know, again, this is the show respecting its own history that Alden was the first of kind of the converts from the Negan, from being a Neganite to, like, I I see what you guys are doing here and you've made me a believer, Mm -hmm. you know? So, like, this heightens everyone, I think, in this episode is feeling some kind of, like, what difference difference does it make the, the choices we made? Like, we did things right and you did things wrong, and then you came over to our side, and you're now on our team, and I got you killed on a food run anyway. Like, I I, I did like what they're doing there. Uh, mm-hmm. It's funny, though, because, like, we – this wasn't a surprise, right? They've been gone for, like, three days. He was on death's yeah, door. They left him with a Hershey bar. <laughs> left him with a granola bar and and, and some some and backwash water. And actively bleeding out? I can't remember. He was injured. He was fucked injured. up pretty bad from the, the Reapers. So, like, it's not a surprise, but... Uh, yeah. And it's also, it's also represents the price Maggie paid. Like, she could have turned back and saved Alden. Saved all those people yeah. when it got to be, like, when the hurricane started happening, when the numbers weren't on their side. Like... So many times she had a chance to, like, call this off. But on the other hand, I don't know, maybe. And that, but that's like, that's a, yeah, I, no, I, it's... I keep thinking about the decision tree. And it's like, well, you criticize that. But, like, if they'd have just gone back, what would ha- actually happened is as everyone was feeling sorry for themselves or they're about to imminently starve, the Commonwealth would roll up with a convoy of supplies and be like, here's your salvation. Right. So, like. I think in the ultimate analysis, Maggie's dead wrong here. Oh, yeah. Uh, The question I have is, will she learn anything from this? And the answer I'm getting immediately with a six-month flash forward is, fuck no. Nope. She's just going to literally (laughs) harden her walls against any kind of growth and self-improvement. Yeah. Yeah, I... They're turning Maggie into a villain, which is, I guess, interesting. Dude, It's a pretty, like, nuanced way to become a villain. Especially I with wish the we've loved for so long, but I wish they could keep it in their pants for half a season. God damn. Not even that a right, third of a season. Right. Like it, it, this would have been so much interesting to debate. Like, yeah, because I, I had in like going into the, the final scene. I'm like, oh, my God, is Maggie going evil? Because Daryl and Gabriel, the mm-hmm. looks they're exchanging are like, oh, my God, Maggie might be going evil. And yeah, it turns out she is or somebody's going evil. Yeah, um, I'm God, afraid, I, though. That yeah. they're our expectation now is that Maggie's evil and Daryl's the good one, right? What if they are oh, like getting extra clever true. and like we're gonna we're gonna we're we're gonna confound you? I'm not sure I will be yeah. pleased with that. I, I don't know. We are still looking for a sinister side, and there's a bit of a sinister side to the Commonwealth, right? I mean, sure, it's not not it doesn't seem like there's a lot of choice in that community or personal uh, freedoms in that community, yeah. but yeah. I don't know. We'll see. Um, I could not help but think when she's down on the floor and Boston Rob Zombie's crawling toward her, she just <laughs> has, she's incapable of learning anything, right? I mean, she's sitting here cradling a zombie's face with her bare hands. Dude. She has I mean, not I, learned that that's a bad idea by now. I get that this is Steve Irwin with a crocodile at this point, and he, she kind of knows sure. what she's doing, but damn. Yeah, Risky. I was... That, that that felt pretty foolhardy. Yeah. All right. We move on to Gabriel trying to talk with Daryl about the morality of choices and faith. And Maggie returns with the bad news about Rob, uh, Boston Rob Zombie and Negan. <laughs> one's uh, one's left them. The other has died. Yeah. I, I again, I, I think we've talked around, it, but I really mm-hmm. like this fireside chat to Gabriel and and. Daryl have about choices and doing whether they're doing things wrong. Like 
that implies to me, like maybe maybe Daryl will go evil and authoritarian because like, elite, hey, man, bottom line is what saves people and, you know, doing this democracy and uh, the Commonwealth pact that we had, you know, is not shit. But these guys are getting stuff. I I could see him maybe becoming a real law and order, uh, you know, bootlicker type type dude. Uh, yeah, especially if you got Carol, you know, wanting to open her bakery, whispering in his ear, saying we can settle right. down here, Daryl. That's right. I could have that baking show that got canceled mm-hmm. back in season six. Yeah. Make the dream happen. We'll see. Uh, Sorry, cooking show. Baking. Yeah. That's that's too limited. She is cooking with Carol. She's uh, yeah, jack of all cooking and baking trades. Uh, that's, that's the other thing that like that's is a really important realization too. Is like it's good to have doubt and to be like circumspect about you know your capabilities and your faculties and your level of education and all that kind of stuff, but also. The presence of doubt does not indicate that you are, in fact, wrong. Sure. You know, it yeah. could just be you're having a crisis of confidence. Like, I think that's Daryl. Like, he's like mm-hmm. has had so many blows. All of our good guys. Like, it's just been one goddamn thing after another. Totally. You know, since since the hilltop burnt up and they're really kind of like uh, emotionally on the ropes. All right, Daryl, Maggie, Gabriel, Elijah all returned to Alexandria with bittersweet news. They've lost like 90% of their group. So that's the bitter part. Um, but they did get a little bit of food. They got about as much as I think each of them could have carried in their hands that they just walked out with it. Uh, it's one of those things where like, I think you're supposed to understand that this wagon load is like months worth of food. Or the first of many wagon loads, right? Yeah, like, true. But also I'm looking at like, them onions are going to be good for four weeks right? tops. Those, those apples, apples, yeah, feed them even. to the fucking dog because you're not getting through that bushel. Yeah, there's, there's, uh, <laughs> you got two weeks to eat all this food. You know, this isn't canned goods and stuff. This is just perish. Yeah. Yeah, I think well, they will that, can guys. them, I'm sure. Carol's going to be out there canning stuff. How long has it been sitting? I guess I guess this is all like a like Maggie's Maggie Town being overrun is like a week or two ago at most, right? I think so. It, it was quick. It, it just happened because they were actively being hunted by the the Reapers. So yeah, maybe maybe the stuff being uh, you know there is is makes more sense than I was giving it credit for. Uh. So yeah, they're they're all reuniting and stuff, and Daryl gets to reunite with Connie, which is cute. He's got a million it questions is. for her later. Um, and then Eugene shows up with the Commonwealth, uh, and their soldiers, and, and Lance is this is this Better Call Saul guy's name? Uh huh. Did they? Hornsby. All right. Do you remember anything about what happened at the end of last season? Didn't Eugene just royally piss off? the leader of their community by like making by no, they set him up. They, 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 I think they engineered a situation where Eugene would feel like he committed a grave sin and that Hornsby kind of came in with like, I can oh. make this all, but like he kind of like, he, that, he, that's how he got Eugene to like come clean about Alexandria and into, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Revealing yeah. The it location. was, Okay, yeah, that makes feel a lot really sense. vulnerable. Yeah, I couldn't remember if they had yada yada over that because the, in my head I'm thinking, well, they yada yada over the windmill, right. so maybe they just yada yada over all this. Right, right. But no, they you got right. it. They got the windmill put out though. Good for them. Apparently, off screen somewhere. Uh, you know, because Chekhov's gun always goes off off screen too. Right. That's the important <laughs> thing about Chekhov's gun is that you never actually see it go off, but you know that it Yeah, went it'd be off. funny if like that that uh the the carver <laughs> the scene hell? had been re- resolved with like uh you know, Negan walking in, like dusting his hands, like, Hey Maggie, that pocket sand sure came in handy in subduing this badass. Like <laughs> Right. You can do it. Like fuck it. You know, these episodes will be five minutes long, we keep doing this. Mm-hmm. Uh so Lance introduces himself to Alexandria and offers to either fold well. Potentially, he doesn't actually state what the other offer is. He offers to either give them supplies and manpower to fix up their communities or a better offer, which I assume is to fold them into the Commonwealth. Uh, And then we get just one of the slickest transitions I've ever seen. It's fantastic to six months later, flash forward, where Daryl is working with the Commonwealth as a soldier and demanding that Maggie open the gates to Hilltop as she stands firmly atop them going, nah. 
Nah, Speaking I'm gonna try. The they're they're having a, they're having an out Feral, Feral Maggie versus Feral Daryl, or mm-hmm. de- recently domesticated Daryl. They've housebroken him. Yeah, uh, I just because I th- I just want to make because I know that 97.3 percent of the audience no longer watches the show; they just listen to our podcast. Mm-hmm. When Jim says this is a slick transition, what he means is they have like all of Alexandria that's a fighting age on the hilltop ready to lead a doomed resistance uh, to the Commonwealth until Eugene runs up and's like, no, 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 let him, let him, let him, uh, let, let hear him out. And they kind of like, as Hornsby's talking, they're panning across everyone's faces and, uh, you know, the camera's looking up against the sky and everyone's looking grim and they get to Maggie and then they well, pan they to, the cam. First they get to Daryl and Daryl looks at Maggie. Yes. And like, then this, what and, and then describe. it does this fancy camera move where it's like kind of like pans up and like like uh, maybe a drone shot, but you it pulls out and now Maggie's standing on the hilltop. Yeah, it's a little more desaturated, so it's a clear. It's a flash forward, and then but it happens like like the like it's almost like the sun got in the camera's eye, and that's how it got uh-huh. desaturated. It's like it's really slick, it's very cool. impressive. Yeah, and I just love like the the the. Switching of sides and the mm-hmm. the like switching the fluid loyalties that it shows here because like Daryl looking at Maggie in that moment and then it transitioning and then Daryl walking up and pulling his helmet off on the other side of this equation is like yeah because you see this faceless really goon like all these faceless goons standing outside the gates and Hornsby's there and he like whispers something into the lead guy and you know Maggie's doing like it doesn't have to be this way and it's like how many times have we seen Rick or Maggie or Michonne say shit like this to the the sneering villain and the face is goon pull and it's fucking there right again it's it's a cool moment but I don't know if it's worth (laughs) yeah putting your thumb on the scales this hard and I and also especially since I really am like 50-50 on them just subverting the expectation, doing this right. just to subvert the expectation, which right. either of those, honestly, Daryl uh, preferring, like questioning his choices about like, you know, I've really gone with like the Rick and Michonne plan. Uh, that's not how I was raised. Have you met my brother? Maybe we're doing this all wrong and not like, are we going to be crazy assholes like Negan? But like, maybe we need some fucking law and order and all. And like going, I, I could see that, but like, mm-hmm. damn, I, I just don't know what the utility is other than, I don't know, again, getting people buzzing about it. Uh, but shit, it's the last season, man. Just yeah, inter- you're not going to entertain us. Entertain the few of us that are left. Did you don't hear try about to- that crazy thing that happened 11 season into the show you're not watching? Are you, you still should, watching you The Walking Dead? Oh my God, you lame weirdo. You're bad and gross. <laughs> you do a podcast on Jesus. Honey, this guy's doing a podcast in the walk. Yeah, it's like, I know what that bull. I don't want any of that bullying. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> I'm not carrying your water, Kang. Uh, apparently this episode is dedicated to Stephen Campbell, who was a cinematographer on The Walking Dead who died last year. Yeah, uh, late last year, right? Like this yeah, happened like um and it was uh, november of last year yeah yeah and uh worked on the show for eight years right mm-hmm. long time so uh there's tons and tons i checked on social media like everybody who's anybody in the walking dead had like photos posted of him and it seemed like a good guy and it's a, it's a shame yeah but that's it for the walking dead uh mid you can't even say mid-season premiere anymore now no. you have to say like a I, I can't describe what this is. I can't. It's just an yeah. episode nine. It's a triplet of octologies. <laughs> We're on the second octology. Sure. The, oct- <laughs> the octological premiere. The AMC dis- the Ocho <laughs> part B. Like, I, yeah, it's not good. The fuck. AMC, you've lost the thread, man. You've lost it. Yeah, the the uh, annualizing profits over a predictably quarterly stretch of yeah, that's what that's uh-huh. what the season is. Um, did you see the next time on? They should just start airing investor meetings as Walking <laughs> Dead episodes, right? Like just board board of directors meetings and investor reports. Yeah, have have all the actors there as their character, like as the, they're, they're they're deciding what kind of budget they get, and like you know have Gracie and Judith cry when it gets slashed because you know this mean you know there's some one of you kids going to die. I can't afford both of you. <laughs> That'd be funny. Well, did you did you see the next time on? I I turned it off as soon as I could, but I caught glimpses of Daryl. Looks like we got a, Commonwealth. Yeah. another street fair Renfest situation. That's why I was thinking Kingdom all over again. It's the insidious effect of, of Ezekiel. 
rotten the Commonwealth from the inside out like a cancerous tumor. <laughs> this is the yeah. first stage. This is it's metastasized. It's going to next next time we're we're going to have. Uh, you know, uh, he, he's going to he's going to uh, convince the Commonwealth they need to go to the nearest Cineplex and steal a cinema bulb. Oh, I bet they've got digital projectors. They got the mm. DLP technology, man. You know how bad a VHS tape would look projected on a per, you know uh, the thirty foot <laughs> widescreen. I'm sure they're playing at least DVDs, if not four ADI. Oh yeah, baby, that's going to be amazing. <laughs> God. <laughs> yeah, uh, but we'll find out soon enough. We'll be back next week for another episode. And uh, our coverage for this episode's not over yet. We're going to be doing a dedicated feedback episode since we're dropping these at the same time the episode airs. Uh, so if you AMC Plus folks already got some thoughts in mind, or if you just watched the episode and then you want to check out, uh, you, you got some thoughts, send those in to watchingdeadatballmove.com and we'll read them. Send them in by Tuesday morning and uh, we'll read it on the podcast. Uh, otherwise, yeah, we'll see you next Sunday for the next exciting episode of Watching Dead. Until then, I'm Aaron. And I'm Jim. See ya. See ya.